0: I am successful, greedy, Greedy. Greedy. I am confident, weak, Weak. Weak. I am beautiful, envious, I am victorious. We can hide behind almost anything and pretend to be fine. But no matter who we are, no matter where we're at, when the mask is torn off, we're all messed up. We're freaking Freaking messed messed up. up. Good morning, and welcome to the last weekend of Freaking Messed Up. And I hope that's a dual meaning, because if you're here and you're freaking messed up, I hope this is your last weekend of that. But uh, no, seriously, um, this has been a challenging series for me, because I, it sounded so negative, I was really curious if it was the right right tone. Because I, I wondered, how would you invite your friends to this series? And just say, hope you don't take any offense at this, but my pastor's doing a series called Freaking Messed Up. But it's, it's just been on my mind for a long time. I think I told you the story, how that uh, young man was trying to explain his life to me, and there was just so many complicated Missteps that he he finally just gave up trying to explain to me and said, I'm just freaking messed up. And from that point on, that's become sort of an expression for me. When I think about life being so complicated, people can't see the way way out. And so we're doing this series. But but today, I want to go to a place that I think is, is maybe the most challenging, and maybe even most important of the series. Last weekend, we had a, we had a wonderful thought that God loves people who are freaking messed up. And we talked about a woman who'd been married five times, sleeping with a man who wasn't her husband, and, and probably feeling that life had passed her by and that there was no hope, no chance for her. And Jesus came to her town, and the love that he had for her, the transformative power and love that he, he showered upon her was just really an encouraging message for all of us, because we realize that, that, that God does love people who are freaking messed up. But now we want to go to another place. You know, our series is called Freakin' Messed Up with an asterisk and subject to change because it's more than just saying, "Wow, the whole world's messed up. Let's just sit in a, you know, let's just sit in a circle and cry because things are the way they are." You know, God will accept you the way you are, but he will not leave you the way he found you. God wants to bring health and wholeness into your life. And and I desire that. So today I want to take us to the gospel of Luke chapter 15, and these verses will be up on the screen. There's also Bibles probably in a lot of places out there in in chairs in front of you if you want to look alongside of me. But in Luke chapter 15, there's an interesting exchange between Jesus and his critics. Uh, We're accustomed to to reading about Jesus talking to people who needed him, but one of the issues that we have recorded for us over and over is that Jesus got a lot of criticism uh, for the way he, he executed his ministry and it's really foolish for him to get that criticism because he wasn't just an ordinary person he was god come into our world he was god in flesh and uh you know to criti- for human beings to criticize god is ridiculous but but jesus got constant criticism and interestingly he didn't get criticism from the people who were freaking messed up or at least the people that everybody thought were um he got criticism from the religious people he got criticism from the the scholars the, the religious scholars of his day And so when you open Luke chapter 15, we're not going to read this, but you can read it when you go home if you want to. If you're just scrolling through the chapter, you can look at it while I'm talking briefly. But in the early part of this chapter, Jesus got severe criticism from the religious crowd. And guess why he got the criticism? He was criticized because the people who were freaking messed up were making a beeline to listen to Jesus. These are people who were messed up and they knew they were messed up. You know, one of the things that's been kind of interesting to me about this series, I was kind of nervous about, w- would its negative tone be something that would push people away? And yet the irony is, this is probably going to be the highest attended series that we've ever had at New Spring. And I think the reason for that is, is all of us know that we have areas of dysfunction and there's something, when the moment that we're willing to admit that, there's something that's almost magnetic that draws us to Jesus. And that's what happened in Jesus' time. These are people, they knew they were messed up. They didn't need anybody to tell them this. I mean, some of these people had gotten messed up in areas of sex. Others had gotten messed up in areas of the people they ran with and the substances that they imbibed. These are people that had just gotten really messed up, and Jesus was teaching, and they were drawn to his message because it was clear and it was life-giving. He gave them hope. But here come the religious crowd, and they come to Jesus, and they say, you can't be doing anything good because look at the people who are coming to listen to your message. And instantly, Jesus told them three stories. And he told them three stories, and they're three of my favorites, but they're stories of dysfunction. They're stories that begin with brokenness and they end with health. The first story is uh, the story of the lost sheep. Jesus tells about a shepherd who had 100 sheep. One sheep strayed away, and the shepherd, at risk of life and limb, went out to find the one lost sheep. And then he told about a woman who had 10 coins, and these weren't just like 10 coins. These 10 coins were her dowry. And things were so bad back then, ladies, that a man could divorce his wife if she lost a part of her dowry. And this woman lost one of her coins and couldn't find it. And Jesus said she swept the house and turned over everything until she found that last coin. And she was so excited when she found it, she invited all her friends to celebrate because she'd found her lost coin. And then in an attempt to tell how God feels about people who are messed up, Jesus told what even literature scholars have said is the greatest short story of all time he told a story about a man who had two sons and one of the sons behaved really badly when i think of freaking messed up in the bible i think of this kid now i want to tell a story today and then in a few moments i want to read some things that jesus had to say in the breadth of his story but today i want to tell the story of this young man because he tells us two very important things he tells us how you get freaking messed up and he tells us how you get right He tells us how he got to to the bottom and how he came to a place of transformation that's very important to me because here i have areas of dysfunction in my life just like you do i need to know how i got there it's not enough to know that i'm freaking messed up i want to know how i got there because if i don't know how i got there i'm doomed to stay there so in the story of the prodigal son we see how he got there now i want to before i'm going to read the whole I'm going to read part of the story to you in a moment but I'd like to just pull verse 17 up if I could. It says when he finally came to his senses. I just want to stop and think right there park right there for a moment because here's the deal. If if we've got a freaking messed up life, it starts with a freaking messed up thinking. See, that's the thing. Our life right now is the result of our thinking. If if we just got nothing out of this message other than that one thought that's where we need to start so thinking precedes living very very important because many of us we our lives are messed up and we go to circumstances and we say well mark this happened and that happened to me but if we're messed up it's because somewhere back along the line we got into some unhealthy thinking now nobody less important than jesus himself said that because he said as you think in your heart so you will be So in other words, the life that you're living right now, according to Jesus, is directly relational to your thinking. My life goes right back to my thinking. Thinking precedes living. With that important thought in mind, there are four stages that we're going to see in the prodigal that I'm guessing most of us can see in ourselves. Here is the first stage. Wrong thinking, but life not messed up yet. Wrong thinking, but life not messed up yet. If you go back to the beginning of the story, this kid has a really bad attitude, and there are two things that are really messing him up. The one thing is he thinks the world revolves around him. He is convinced that the world is all about him because he goes to his father and he says, Dad, I don't want to wait till you die. I want you to give me my inheritance now. I'm not enjoying life. The life, in in effect, what he was saying was, I don't want to live, and remember, time out for a moment, the boy represents us and the father represents God. This is Jesus' story about why God receives people who are freaking messed up. He's telling the story. The the dad here is God. The runaway is those of us who are rebellious. And what this boy was saying was, Dad, I don't want to be on your agenda. I don't love farm life. I don't like the discipline. I don't like the things that you're telling me I should do and shouldn't do. I don't like that. I want you to give me my inheritance now. Let me take who the the wealth that you have, take it into my life and live the way I want to live. For those of us who have been in rebellion or may be in rebellion right now, we need to remember that is exactly what we're saying to God. We're saying, God, I want to take the body that you gave me. I want to take the breath that you put in my lungs. I want to take the natural resources that you've put in our world. God, I want to take all the things that you've given me and I want to use them to do what I want to do. And that's exactly what this boy did. First thing he said was, the world revolves around me. And then the second thing that he did that you see in his or the second part of his thinking that was wrong was he found somebody to blame for all the problems in his life. And that was his dad. He was saying, my dad is my problem. If I can get my dad out of my life I can live the way I want to live, and the world can revolve around me with no issues. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to go to a little bit of a controversial place, and I'm going to be really, really careful how I set this off, because I honestly, I'm so grateful for, for mental health professionals. I'm so grateful for the, you know, the benefit of antidepressants. I, and and I, I stand first in line to, to be grateful for all that help, but I honestly believe The part of the issue in our culture today is wrong thinking in these two areas. The world revolves around me, and I have found somebody to blame for all of my problems. Both those things will make you certifiably crazy if you keep going down those roads. And and you know I listen. Please don't get me wrong. I, I I I take every diagnosis seriously from a mental health you know professional, and I'm grateful as I say for medications. But sometimes I just wonder. This is just me wondering. I don't know. I I just wonder because I'm not a pro. But I wonder. Aren't we maybe a little overdiagnosed and a little overmedicated as a culture? When some of the issues are, we've got a whole generation of people who have bought into the idea that the world revolves around me and somebody's at fault for every one of my problems. Both those things will make you nuttier than a fruitcake. If you, if you, if you buy into them and, and, and I really do think, I honestly believe if you, if you honestly, cause I meet people and, and you know, they're telling me, well, Mark, I've been diagnosed with this and I've been di- diagnosed with that. And I'm thinking, well, part of your issue is your whole life is a drama and you're the star. You got this drama going on in your head and the whole world is revolving around you. That's part of why you're crazy. And you got somebody to blame for everything that's going wrong in your life. But here's the issue with this prodigal son, because there was a point in his life where that was what he was. The world revolves around me, my dad is at fault, but here's the deal, he's still living at home. The dysfunction in his life is not there yet. He's got dysfunction in his thinking, and I'm sure he's talking to people and he's saying, my dad is just ruining my life, he's just spoiling my fun, I don't like his rules, I don't like his discipline, he just wants me to, he just wants me to do this so he can get stuff out of me, and, and I just think the best thing that could happen is if I had plenty of money and I could go and I could live the way I want to and somebody might tell him you know smart person wise person would say well now, now you don't want to do that you don't want to do that if you do that you're going to mess your life up well i don't think i that's just that's just your opinion well it was easy to say because he hadn't gotten messed up yet see here's the deal he's still living at home he's still eating meals at his father's table he's still wearing clothes that his dad's bought You know, he's still living life in a disciplined environment. His thinking hasn't affected his lifestyle yet. And he's thinking, you know, I'm right. Everybody else is wrong, but I'm right. And if I can just get to a place where I can live life on my terms, I will be happy. I just described a whole lot of Americans right there. If I can just live life on my terms, I'll be happy. Guys, ladies, when you and I get to the place where we're saying that... We're about to be really freaking messed up. Well, God is so gracious, and you see it in the story. I mean, you know, if I had, and I don't have any inheritance to give my sons much anyway, but if one of my sons came to me and said, Dad, I don't want to wait till you die. You know, I want my money now. I'd say, I don't think so. (laughs) But the father said, Okay. By the rights of progenitor of the culture of those days, one third of the father's inheritance would have gone to this younger son. The older son would have got two-thirds, this kid would have got one third. That's a lot of money. So he took his inheritance that his father had spent a lifetime acquiring, and he converted it into quick cash. And the Bible says Jesus said he, he went to a, a country as far away as he could go from his dad. And remember, this is all metaphorical because a lot of us have run from God and we know what this is like. Okay? He got as far away as he could, and according to the story, he partied. He took what his father had spent a lifetime acquiring, and he partied the money away. Now, he, he started in one kind of haze. He started in the haze that the world revolves around me and my dad's at fault for everything. So he was in that kind of haze. Now, all of a sudden, he's in a different kind of haze because he's living life the way he wants to live life. But he's high, and he's sleeping with hookers, and he's waking up in the morning, and he's got three questions on his mind. Where am I? Who is she? And where's my wallet? And he goes down, down, down. There's a blues song that I like, and that's, I'm going down, 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 down. That's where the prodigal son was. he, he down. See, here's the thing. He, he thought to himself, if I can have life on my terms, I'm going to be happy. Nothing will make you more miserable than not having any discipline in your life and just doing whatever feel, feels right in the moment. I, I just despise that expression, in the moment. I'm in the moment. Well, you better be looking ahead. Anyway, he just gets lower and lower, finally runs out of money, and he's thinking, I'm going to have a lot of friends, because I've been buying, you know, drugs and and liquor for all my friends, and, you know, I've been paying for all these parties, and so now I'm out of money, I'm out of cash, I burned through all my dad's inheritance, but I got lots of friends, and I'm just going to go say, hey, can I party with you? And they're saying, we don't know you. You're out of money? (laughs) Sorry. So he started looking for a job, and the only job he could find, I don't know what you guys say in Kansas and Texas, we used to call it slopping hogs. Is that what you call it here? Slopping hogs. Yeah, You've got to remember, Jesus is telling this story to a good Jewish audience, a rather prim Jewish audience. These are, these are, these are the high high-fluting people that have come to criticize him, and Jesus is talking about this kid, and I think when, you know, he talks about this kid feeding hogs, <gasps> can't imagine a good Jewish boy getting there. And Jesus said, you ain't seen nothing. No, he didn't. He wouldn't talk like that. Um, Jesus said, l- let me tell you what else happened. He got so hungry and nobody would feed him. Nobody would do anything good for him. He got so hungry that he, he looked down and he almost reached down and got a handful of the slop to eat. Now I'm sure ladies fainted in the crowd when Jesus said that. now he's in stage two his thinking is messed up and his life is messed up how many of us know what that's like to go from stage one to where my thinking's messed up but my life isn't messed up yet people try to tell me don't date him don't date her you know people try to tell you you know you don't you don't want to hang with that group of people you don't want to spend your money on that you don't want to drop out of college and, you know, parents are telling you and friends telling you and spouses telling you and maybe even kids telling you, you don't want to do that. But you're saying, no, I, I don't I don't see, I don't see any problems. Nothing really wrong in my life. Everything's fine. My thinking is right. Thinking right or thinking wrong. But life's still OK. And then you get to that place where you get your life lined up with your thinking and it's not pretty. Now to stage three, which is probably the most difficult place to be, but a very healthy place. His life is still freaking messed up, but his thinking is getting clear. That's what I want to read to you, okay? Because I I want you to see what it looks like. I want to take you to Luke 15 verse 17 when he finally came to his senses he said to himself so now we're going to hear some clear thinking we have heard him in some bad thinking because when he was bad thinking he said dad i don't want to wait till you die give me the money now that's bad thinking when he said i want life on my own terms that's bad thinking we know what that sounds like but now his thinking is clear listen to what it it sounds like he said at home even the hard servants have food enough to spare and here i am dying of hunger i will go home to my father and say father I have sinned. How big is that? See, when you and I start thinking clear, that's what will happen. Instead of the world revolving around me and somebody else being at fault for everything that's happening in my life, I man up, or if you're a woman, you woman up, and you say, I am taking responsibility for where I am. I have done wrong. Now, here's the point. Here's the thing that I think makes this interesting is that if, if your life is messed up, you're always going to be able to point to other people who, caught, who had an impact on your life being where it, where it is. That's just a fact. It's, you know, it can be an ex-spouse. It can be a friend that you thought was a friend turned out not to be a friend. It can be somebody who just hated your guts all along. You're going to be able to point to somebody else. And I'm sure this kid could. He could point to everybody who had messed him around, but he didn't. He said, I'm going to go back home, and I'm going to say, I've done wrong. I wish I knew how to preach this. But if you and I will get to the place where we can say, it's true, other people have hurt me, but I'm going to take responsibility for what I've done wrong, our thinking will start clarifying. And at that moment, we're subject to change. He said, I'm going to go back home, and I'm going to say, Dad, the world doesn't revolve around me, and it's not your fault. It's my fault. I'm taking responsibility. Let's go to the next line. I will go home to my father and say father. I've sinned against both heaven and you And i'm no longer worthy of being called your son Please take me on as a hired servant now. What's he saying here? What he's saying is I understand I have lost some privileges See here's the thing when our thinking gets messed up and then we mess up our lives We lose some opportunities and I think what can happen at this point that's not a good thing is a lot of times we resent the fact that we've lost opportunities. And we can almost become angry at people who haven't heard us. They just represent lost opportunities. And I've seen people go through years of their lives unhappy and angry at people who had done them no harm because they couldn't get over the fact they had lost some opportunities. And this young man understood very clearly he had lost some opportunities and he said i'm going to go back home and i'm going to say dad i've done wrong I realize the world doesn't revolve around me and I'm, my thinking was wrong i understand that and i also realized dad i've lost some opportunities i have no right to expect an inheritance now i have no right to be expected to expect to be treated like a son i understand that dad i know i've done wrong and i understand that i've lost some opportunities and i'm willing to man up and deal with that and then he said I'm going to ask him, Dad, make me a hired servant. In other words, Dad, your agenda is just so important to me. I want on your agenda, even if I have to come on, as a hired hand. Now, I think that had to be difficult. Because here he is, he's still in the hog pen, he still stinks, he has no job, no money, no friends, but he's thinking clear. I want to park here for a moment because i honestly believe this is the challenge for all of us with our lives still messed up can we get our thinking right the reason why that's such a challenge is you don't feel any benefit yet you know we we, we're taught instant gratification as americans aren't we instant information you know instant food we just like things instantly this may not be instant you may have right thinking for weeks months maybe even years before the tangles of your life begin to melt away can you hold that can you hold that can you can you say my thinking is finally clear but i'm still dealing with the broken pieces and the ramifications of bad choices and 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 yeah it's complicated because I, i know where i should be and i'm not there but I'm just going to man up, or if you're a woman, I'm going to woman up, and I'm going to accept the fact that I've done wrong, and I may have lost some privileges in the process, but what I really want is just to be back on God's agenda on anybody's terms. Stage one, wrong thinking, life not messed up. Stage two, wrong thinking, life messed up. Stage three, life messed up, thinking clear. Stage four thinking right, life healthy. This kid gets out of the pig pen, (laughs) filthy. He's rehearsing his speech. I know you guys have heard me say this, but I just see it by my mind. I just hope God keeps all this stuff on videotape or DVD or whatever, (laughs) video file. This kid's going back home. you see him? He just, you know, he, he, he left in Armani suits, you know, in a Bentley. He's coming back walking filthy. And he's saying this speech over and over to himself. Dad, I've sinned against heaven, against you. I'm, I'm not worthy. I've lost opportunities. I realize that. Would you please make me a, a servant? I, 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 one more time. Dad, I've sinned against heaven. And he's just going over the speech in his mind. Who's the dad? The dad represents God. Your Bible and my Bible says the dad saw him coming a long way off. Now, what that means is the dad was looking for him. You know, some of you, you've been away from God and you're saying, how will God receive me? God is watching for you. And the Bible says that when the boy was coming, see, here's the deal. He, he, the, dad, the dad would not go to the hog pen. Just like God will not, if, if, you, if you decide to run away from him, he will let you, he will let you run. And he may not soften the blow. But when your heart turns toward God and your thinking clears up, God will come running to meet you. And so, you know, there's the dad coming running to meet the son, and the boy is starting, he's, he's trying to get his speech out. Probably gets all jumbled up. I'm um, dad, I, I've sinned against and, and the dad is just putting his arms around him and he's saying, Hey, go get the best robe and put it on my son, and put the family crest, the ring on his finger, and go get that. Stalled calf that we've been fattening up for the barbecue. We're going to throw a party. In fact, the last line of the text that I have here says, "So the party began." He was amazed. The boy, see, here's the deal: when his thinking got clear He was amazed at the health that the Father brought into his life. And I'm convinced that that's the case for you and me. When we get to the place where we say, hey, I'm owning up, it's my fault, my life, my thinking, I, I was wrong. I'm taking responsibility, I'm not blaming other people. I'm saying it's my fault, and I'm ready to come back to God and say, God, just let me experience life on your terms, whatever those terms are. That's when you begin to experience grace like you've never experienced it before. Wow, I mean, I'm just telling you, this is so important. But I tell you what, in 2009 America, it is so hard to get to that place where you say, I'm taking responsibility, and I understand I may have lost privileges, but I'm ready for life on God's terms. That's clear thinking, and when you get there, life changes. Something else that I hope the Lord kept for us. Is I would have liked to have seen what the next day was like. Because you never see that in Jesus' story. You know, when, when Jesus' story ends, it, it, I always, always imagine that night, you know, there's, you know, there's party favors everywhere and, you know, leftovers. And you can sort of see all the servants coming, cleaning up the dishes. And it's been this great party that's gone to 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and the family's all going off to bed tired. That's kind of how the story ends for me. I would have loved to have seen the next day. Can you see this boy get up? He's a different boy. He's not the same person he used to be. He used to get up in the morning and resent the fact that he had to work there in the family business. I'll bet you, peanuts to popcorn, he was the first person up the next morning. Can you see him go down to breakfast and say, Dad, what are we doing today? What's on the agenda? What what can I do, Dad? Dad, what is it I can do to make your life just a little bit easier? And can you see this father and son as they go to working hand in hand together? I mean, what used to be not fun is now extraordinary fun. And along the way, the, the son is getting to know the dad better, what he's really like, and what, what what his heart really is, and the boy is working with the dad and just the, the companionship that they had. See, that's what happens when when you come to God and you say, God, I'm I'm owning up. It's I I'm I'm at, I'm at fault. I've done a lot of things wrong, and my thinking's not been clear. And I'm just ready for life on your terms god comes along and says well let me just shower my grace on you and in the process you get close to god and you're saying god what is it i'm supposed to be doing today what are we doing today what am i doing to change the world what am i doing that's part of your agenda god and isn't it great because i get to have interaction with the god of the universe that's life like it should be four stages remember that please don't forget messed up thinking life not messed up yet. Messed up thinking, life messed up. Life still messed up, but clear thinking, clear thinking, healthy life. You and I are somewhere on that continuum today. And I don't know where you are. This is where you have to take the message over right now. I've delivered it. It's in your hands. Because it could be you're at stage four, and you're saying, I love it, Mark. You're exactly right. Man, I get up every morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Let's, what are we doing today? What's, what's, our, what's our agenda this morning? Well, just rock on. <laughs> Don't get off the path. <laughs> it could be you're saying, hey, Mark, you know, you caught me. My thinking is freaking messed up, and I just didn't even realize it. I thought the whole world, I thought it was everybody else's fault oh you're in a wonderful spot today because you know what if you can you just think about what you can skip i mean you can go straight from one to four you can say okay i'm getting my thinking messed up my life never did get messed up i just got my head right i mean be talking to somebody and, and you just started you know you're married but you've been attracted to somebody else and you're thinking is getting messed up and you're thinking well you know what I'm not getting everything I should get out of life, and my husband doesn't fall for everything, and you're saying, "Uh uh-oh, guess what? My thinking's not clear. And you can avoid so much heartbreak, and you can go straight to stage four. Take this. Leverage it. Because God wants you to have a close relationship with him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what we've seen today. And I pray that you would just help us to draw closer to you, not just to you as our God, but to you as our Lord, our, the setter of our agendas, Lord. We want to think like you think. You're, this is an upside-down world, and your word tells us that we don't naturally think the way you think. Teach us to think the way you think. And Father, if there's anybody here today that has just given up hope, oh, Lord, would you just please assure them by your Holy Spirit that you're the God of second, third, fourth, fifth. You're the God of multiple chances. So, Lord, please, let no one give up. Let no one despair today. In Jesus' name. Let's pray one more time. Every weekend here at New Spring, I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never invited Jesus into your life, I want to give you the opportunity to ask him in. The Bible says that God loves you so much that Jesus came into our world to pay for your sin. That is his purpose for coming. He came on a rescue mission. And the Bible, the way the Bible tells it is that Jesus' death on the cross for us paid the price of our sins. And then when he walked out of his grave three days later, He proved, he he put the exclamation point on God's plan, proving that he is God forever. And he's alive and he's in heaven and he's listening for you. And if you would like to invite him into your life, he will come. You don't have to join a church, you don't have to do good works or give money or anything like that. In fact, none of those things will will work. The only way to have Jesus in your life is to receive him as a 100% gift. And so today, if you've never really invited him into your life, i want to pray a prayer, and these, you can pray it with me. These aren't magic words, but they're words that just ask for God's gift of eternal life. And if you're willing to pray from your heart, God will listen. Romans 10, verse 13 says this. It's just a short verse, but listen. It says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There was a thief, remember, who was dying next to Jesus, and he just said, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Just that little simple statement. And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's what Jesus said to a murdering thief who turned and received him. You know what? If he would say that to a murderer, he would say that to you and me. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I believe you love me and you died in my place. Would you forgive me and make me God's child in Jesus' name? I know that happened lightning quick, but I have a gift for you. This is just to help you understand what it means to know Christ and the decision you just made, a little vinyl packet, got some DVDs and cool stuff to help you get closer to Christ. And, And so if you just prayed, this is a gift. It will cost you nothing. When you came in this morning, you got a worship folder, or actually just pretty much a worship card. Part of it's detachable. You can look down there and see there's some places where you can feel. Actually, there's a little picture of this on there. And if you'll just put your name and address on there, you can just check the boxes. I pray to receive Christ. You can drop it in the offering bag in a moment and I'll mail it to you. If you've got an address on there, I'll mail this to you this week. If you want it today, you don't have to wait. You can, I'm going to point right behind the cameras there uh, out in the lobby. There are two, straight out in the middle, there are two uh, areas called guest services and New Spring Store, either one. You can just take the card out there and say, I pray with Mark. They won't bother you, hassle you. Just give them the card. They'll give you this and take it home with you today. I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward. Could I just say to New Springers, next week, we have a very special service. It is a Thanksgiving service. And, and every year at New Spring, we receive an offering, an additional offering for people who are having a tough time. And next week, uh, we used to do it around Christmas, but this, this year, I think... Thanksgiving should be a real good time for us to thank God for his goodness in our lives and to think about people who are having a really hard time. So all New Springers next week, we're going to have a special Thanksgiving service. And I'm going to ask you, would you bring an offering in addition to your regular offering for people who are having a tough time? And I'll, I'll talk to you next week about about that. I'm so glad you guys are here today. Thank you for being part of Freaking Messed Up. I know it was an unusual series, but I believe God did some extraordinary things. May God bless. Have a wonderful week.